guys uh happy monday right now i'm actually in seattle well i'm recording this from austin but i'm going to be in seattle when this episode comes out um so that's pretty exciting never really been here so um i would say actually yeah slide in the dms if you have any recommendations for things that you do uh, but anyways i am here actually for a conference for talkspace uh, which is the amazing company I work for and also one of our incredible sponsors. So not only do I have the privilege of working for such a great company, but they also decided to sponsor Salison City, which is such an honor. And um, I feel very lucky to have their support. Um, if you haven't heard of Talkspace, they are one of the easiest ways to kind of dip your toes into therapy. And I, I strongly suggest checking them out especially if you haven't been to therapy before and you don't really know the process. Um, Talkspace is just, it's so easy and you can get it through your insurance. There's like so many ways to go about it, but basically you can go to Talkspace.com um, and if you use uh, the code Zoe at checkout, you get $100 off and so, which is a huge deal, you know, that's saving money. Um, but yeah, it's just a great way to, um, begin therapy. You get to text your therapist 24 seven and they respond to you within 24 hours. You also have live video sessions. So, you know, we're all virtual right now. So it's pretty similar to just traditional teletherapy or even just like zoom calling your, you know, work or whatever. But, um, it's just such a great, like, honestly, such a, a, a great service and tool to use. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really honored to be able to work with them. So, Again, if you go to Talkspace.com and use my code Zoe at checkout, you'll get $100 off your first month of therapy. So strongly suggest you check it out. Let me know, you know, how it goes. Um, anyways, a little bit about this episode I recorded with Delilah over the summer. She is an amazing human being, a beautiful person, both inside and out. And I've always like looked up to her, even though she's younger than I am. And I, I just think she's such a badass. And I think you all will find uh, everything she has to say as like, both really interesting. You'll learn a lot, but you'll also just think she's so dope. So yeah, let me know what you think and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I am so excited to be here with my incredible friend, Lila Harvey, who is a sustainable living content creator who happened to go to my high school, St. Andrews. Shout out. <laughs> Hello. I'm so happy and grateful to be here, Zoe. I'm so excited to chat. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So Amazing. So why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your story? Sure. So I'm 22. I'm turning 23 in a few weeks. Um, and I'm originally from Northern Virginia. And as Zoe said, I did go to the same boarding school as she did. Um, I came as a new sophomore. So that was actually really a big part of my overall story going there. I think it was one of the first places where I truly met people that I really felt connected to and like I didn't feel like a fish out of water for the first time and just it was such an inspiring and incredible place. Um, and then following that I went to American University in Washington DC, where I studied a whole bunch of stuff but um, mainly my focus is for sustainability business and strategic communication. Um, I recently graduated and am Exploring post-grad waters has definitely been very interesting, lots of ups and downs, but um, I've been enjoying creating content on TikTok about sustainable living and engaging with people, meeting new people through that has been such an awesome experience. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Wait, I keep forgetting that you were a new sophomore. I was also a new sophomore. Shout out. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I was a new sophomore and then Eleni came right after me, which is crazy to think about. That's wild. Yeah. Did you like being a new sophomore? Like coming in later than 
In the beginning, no. Like, I I surprisingly hated it because I was one of, like, six, I think. And I and St. Andrews was so – everyone was so close. So I felt like I was literally entering a family kind of a thing. And I remember being, my sophomore year being, like, really feeling like a fish out of water. But then I'd say about sophomore spring and, like, going forward it was then like okay I'm I'm in this family now like I was just adopted and then like it took a little bit to get (laughs) to get absorbed in I'm sure you probably feel the same because I just remember it's just weird because you don't like know any of the inside jokes Uh, yeah you know I think it actually surprised me that I I had kind of a unique entry probably in that so I was one of three and I think there was the novelty of like who are these new people like everyone was really over the top Mm -hmm. kind I mean people are like that there anyways in the best possible way but just super welcoming and I kind of felt like I was like wow I feel like a little rock star right now like people are just like being so you know it was um so definitely like an awesome beginning and yeah um what what a place though yeah it's so true like when you see people every single day like of the year you when you when there's a new person you're like who is this <laughs> like yeah exactly exactly where do they come from yeah. so how did you get interested in sustainability and you know obviously I mean it sounds like dumb being like how did you get interested in like saving the environment but you know, you know a huge part of your focus on TikTok and real life is proponing promoting that sustainable lifestyle so did that start early on or um was it more in college yeah so i mean i I really hate to keep bringing it back to st andrews but it is relevant for this particular question um because i do think that um sorry there's some yard work being done over there so if it's too loud let me know i can move but um (laughs) i do pinpoint a lot of my initial like the seedlings of my passion for environmentalism and sustainability to actually um, St. Andrews, because there was obviously like, you know, it's a very, it was a very crunchy school, like true planning on the weekends, the whole thing. Um, but I did have a lot of really close friends that were very passionate about it. Um, friends that were in the environmental stewards club. And I lived with some people who were also in that. And that was honestly one of the biggest influences I had and, um, most eye-opening kind of initial seedlings of this whole world of sustainable living and what that looks like. Um, And then I think leaving St. Andrews, going into quote unquote, the real world, um, leaving the bubble, as we all would say, definitely was super eye-opening in terms of being like, oh wait, like I forgot that a lot of people, their second nature isn't to recycle or Mm -hmm. they have never heard of terracycling before, or, you know, there are all these little things. Um, So when I first went to school, when I went to AU and I, you know, heard about there being issues with like the recycling and the composting and there was a lot of cross-contamination problems. Um, I really wanted to dive in and get involved right away. So that was sort of how that started unfolding in college. Um, I started a series for my school newspaper called the Calm in parentheses post. And the um, all the articles in that series were sort of based around making sustainable living fun, actionable, relevant to college students. Um, So that was a really awesome thing to build and explore while in college. Um, And then in terms of my passion for sustainable fashion, that also came in college after watching the documentary, The True Cost, which I totally recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to see it. It's really, really eye-opening. A lot of people would even call it transformative, Um, totally changes your understanding of clothing, where it comes from, how it impacts people, how it impacts the environment. So all these things kind of were brewing and accumulating throughout college. And then over my senior year, so this past year, um, I decided to start a TikTok. And originally it was just meant for me to have like a space to kind of like nerd out. And like, I don't know, I didn't anticipate anyone to really like to watch it or anything, but um, it, and I, like, I didn't tell anyone about it. It was like very like under the radar, um, but it just kind of evolved into its, its own thing. And um, there was definitely some moments where like, okay, I'm ripping the bandit off and I'm just gonna put myself out there, tell my friends about it. And ever since it's just been definitely a, a fun journey, so. That's so funny. I feel like quick side note, 
I feel like that's always like the people who blow up on TikTok are the ones who like started it as a kind of a joke or like low key. I'm I'm here like trying to be famous, like posting a billion TikToks a day and like not blowing up. Maybe that's like to TikTok knows they're like, no, nah, this person <laughs> not like I had Ramsey on and um, she was one of my first guests and she was the same kind of thing. And I was like, how did you just, how does this happen? She's like, I really don't know. But Oh my goodness. She is the type though. I mean, I that does not surprise me in the slightest. She is such a star. So. <laughs> it's so funny. But that's so interesting. I guess I, one of the, I think the, the sustainable fashion aspect is w- one of the parts that I find most interesting, especially, you know, living in a world or at least when I was living in New York City and, you know, everyone's wearing their Zara outfits or like their Princess Polly and blah, blah, blah. And um, and then now that I'm in, well, not right now, but normally when I'm in Austin, Texas, people mostly thrift and like it's a ton. Like people just, I mean, I think it's part of like the fashion is literally like looking like you're thrift shopping, but it it works (laughs) and it's, and it's great. And so I, I was watching some of your, your videos and I was wondering if you could just kind of talk a little bit about what you learned um, from that documentary and from your research. Totally. So sustainable fashion is such a complex, nuanced topic, and there are so many different like avenues within it that you know we could possibly explore, but just sort of on an upper like macro level, I think what the documentary did a really wonderful job was at was like having you think of clothes as not just like you owning it, possessing it in the moment, but clothing having an entire life cycle. So questioning where, where not only was this made, but like going back further, like where were the materials, you know, grown from, who were the people that were harvesting the crops that ended up being the cotton that's in your t-shirt that, you know, so there's all these steps along the way. And then after you get rid of a piece of clothing, it's like, where does that go? And oftentimes where it goes is a landfill where it just sits and emits emissions. It leaches plastic particles into the soil, the water, the air. I mean, it's just like this huge, huge issue. And a lot of people are surprised to learn that um, the fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries in the entire world. And I think, although given the visual of how much we see fast fashion, the rise of, you know, Zara, H&M, Forever 21, et cetera, I think maybe it is more intuitive to people nowadays. Like really, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like this Gen Z especially are like very, you know, aware, at least to a certain extent, kind of the impact that that fashion is correlated to pollution. Um, So that is sort of kind of what the job, the documentary does a great job of kind of giving an overview. Um, Although like there's, I think what I've realized in making these TikTok videos is that people are really confused. They don't know like how to go about dressing more sustainably if they think that sustainable fashion means spending hundreds of dollars on a single reformation dress, which of course isn't the case, but it is really confusing. It's definitely, it's so, yeah. I guess, so what are some alternatives to either fast fashion or, yeah, $200 on a Reformation dress, which I have done? <laughs> right, no, same, same. I actually used to work as a sales associate at Reformation, which was, like, super dangerous. But um, that, yeah, seeing all those amazing pieces with every day was, like, so tempting. But I digress. Um, <laughs> so alternatives to buying, you know, the $200 formation dresses are one, there are sustainable fashion brands that are more like in the more affordable range. Um, I think something that people though encounter is it's not going to be that like oftentimes that like trendy style or dress, like a lot of those pieces, you know, the, one of the core concepts of sustainable fashion is having things last, taking care of them, keeping them versus just buy, dispose, buy, dispose. So there is definitely a little bit of a perspective shift that I think some people, um, you know, might have to adopt as they go into the sustainable fashion world more and more. Um, Alternatively, like as we talked about, the thrift shops are awesome. The secondhand market now is just like absolutely booming. So of course, uh, apps like Poshmark or Depop or a new one called Curtsy are really great places to go. And I think something, a tip that I always like to give people too is, 
say you go on Princess Polly and you find like a dress that you just can't get out of your mind. Like you keep thinking about it. You're like, that would make me feel amazing. I'd rock that dress. Type in that name of that piece into Poshmark or Depop first. And more often than not, someone will be reselling that because it doesn't fit them, because they missed the return period. Um, I've gotten a lot of pieces that way. So that's definitely a way, a good way to go about it. And another thing that I personally think hand-me-downs don't get enough credit. I think hand-me-downs can be so cool. Some of my favorite pieces I've gotten from my parents. Um, and uh, I think that one of the things I love most about hand-me-downs too is it's like they have this item has a whole story, you know, like someone was used this somewhere totally different for many years before you and the idea that you're just like adding on to the story of this piece with your own you know, life and not everything. I don't know. I just always thought that was really cool. Being like, oh my God, these jeans were for my mom's from like 40 years ago. Like, that's crazy, you know? Well, I love that. If my mom's going to hear me, but if she took better care of her clothes, I would totally wear them. <laughs> but they're like in our basement. Um, no, that's su super helpful. And I feel like I am very guilty of, of not taking advantage of Poshmark. I've definitely try to use it to sell all my old clothes, but I need to do right. the, the, the reverse. So I wasn't actually even planning on, uh, but and going into this, but my had my computer open and I was thinking about you know my day to day job where I literally research the different things that affect your mental health all the time and right. climate change is a big part of that. So I was just curious if you you knew anything um, given what you studied in school or you know just given your interests about the correlation between climate change and and mental health and mental illnesses? Yeah, I mean, I know that is such a really like a very acute question. I mean, it's, it's extremely um, important. I didn't study anything specifically, so I don't wanna make any like sweeping claims, but just sort of my like basic understanding of, of some of that correlation. I see it in different realms, but like, there's term, there's been this rise of this term called eco-anxiety, which is definitely real. It's something that I like experience often too, which is sort of this paralyzing um, feeling that comes over you when you are, maybe you hear a piece of news about like glaciers melting at incredibly fast speed or forest fires completely ravaging Turkey right now. And, and it just feels like very doomsday-esque and like it's terrifying and scary and you feel helpless, especially when you know, there are these like politicians that you feel like aren't paying attention, they're not listening, and you don't know how best to, to act and mobilize. So definitely seen a lot of that on social media in kind of the spaces that I'm occupying with other sustainable creators on TikTok. I've heard a lot of my peers also talking about this. Um, but then additionally, you know, there is the, the very real fact too about um, that's deeply connected with environmental justice and environmental racism where for instance like say there are like large petro petrochemical plants that are often located near um, low income and you know marginalized community neighborhoods and those people bear the brunt of these emissions you know and it affects water it affects the air quality which all of those things obviously then do connect with mental and physical health so i mean it is like this huge big picture lots of intertangling but absolutely i mean i think it's going to become a much more um, talked about topic i think as we continue to to be in this um urgent climate situation in our in our world so yeah no those are two such good points i mean even even just thinking about not even necessarily like cl climate specific, but more public public health related and thinking about the pandemic and all of the anxiety that's caused, especially, you know, in the onset when people were just like, how do I stop that? Like it was for some people the first time they've ever not had control over their life of like, there is literally a global pandemic happening and I am, one of seven billion people experiencing this and I cannot do anything to change it. I think that's like an over like those themes overlap. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think climate, like a lot of people see it as being in this like vacuum, like this topic, but it like genuinely intersects with everything. And yes, like public health totally and industry and 
technology. I mean, it's all so interconnected and I even, like there could be a billion examples, but even like with a city like Austin. So my mom and I just drove through Austin, coolest city ever. Um, yes, totally went to a million thrift stores and loved it. But one thing we were, we were staying with some friends who lived there and she was just talking about like all the industry that's booming and all these people that are moving in, which is also meaning a lot of people are being displaced and having to leave their homes and stuff. But then thinking too about like, what's the, what's the footprint of all of these like humans now occupying the space, like more higher population density, like what is the environmental impact of that? How does that then correlate to like the social element? I mean, there's all these like intersections yeah. and it's just really, it's just such a sprawling, sprawling topic. Yeah. And kind of going back just to the point of like, when you do think about all of that, it seems so overwhelming. And it's like almost like when you, become too passionate about topics which are important you become more anxious and it's like digging your own anxious hole kind of a thing but that I'm often guilty of but I think it's just a it, it go you know a reminder of doing the little things like going on Poshmark and doing the things that you can take control of or recycling that um, are more ta- like tangible and understanding that you know every effort counts but you're not going to be able to I mean, absolutely I mean that's you worded that perfectly um I do I must say though I think the times when I do feel eco anxiety is also when I feel like the biggest hypocrite because I think so much of what my I want my message to be is sustainable living isn't about perfection it is progress over perfection it is those little actions using Poshmark um you, you know bringing reusable bags to the grocery store, like all of those things are really important. But when I feel so hopeless and so overwhelmed in certain moments and anxious about just the state of the world and feeling like there's so little I can do, um, those are moments where I do feel really critical about myself where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I, am I is, is what I'm talking about influential? Is it important? Is it a waste of time? Should I be doing something else? Should I just be like living for the day? Like, I mean, all these things just really circulate, you know, and, and build up. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's just about like being like, look, like there are little things we can do, but more than anything, collective action is the most important. And even having conversations with friends and family and doing your own thing. And, and maybe it'll inspire someone else to do the, their own, do the same thing, which will just like a domino effect. So I don't know. I think it's what I try to tell myself sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. So kind of going on a different note, I was stalking your TikTok and I saw that you had or or have had, and it's not over yet, a pretty awesome summer so far, including an ex- I have written down an extended period of time in a yurt and a cross country road trip. So can you please tell me about this? <laughs> okay, this summer has been very interesting. Um so after graduating, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, like, let's just do something. Let's get in the car. Let's drive across the country. Um, at the time, I was considering the idea of maybe moving to California. So I was like, let's just drive there um, for no reason other than just to be together and do the thing. It's been after COVID. Let's just go. And we'll stay in LA for a few days. She was like, cool. It's super easy. It was actually, it was shocking. She was like, very, she was very down. Then over the next few days, I had another thing kind of arise out of the blue. I hate to say I manifested it, but like kind of, but essentially I had been thinking for a few months about Hawaii, like nonstop. I was just like imagining, I was like, oh, I just need some like hiking and green and waterfalls, probably like every other human being on earth, but that was <laughs> whatever. I was like, that was the pull I was feeling. And um, there was this girl that I followed on TikTok. I really hate being this, like, talking to me, like, oh, I'm a TikTok girl, but I'm really not. Um, but I was on TikTok, and this girl that I follow, she posted this video, and she was like, hey, I'm going to Hawaii. Like, who wants to join me? Haha. And I sent her this really probably cringy message. I'm sure there was some, like, things about thinking we would, quote, vibe well. Like, I don't even know what I said, but she messaged me back really quickly. This girl with like a pretty big following. Um, so I didn't really think that she would ever see it or respond. And within 24 hours, she and I and two other girls were on a FaceTime that lasted 15 minutes. During that 15 minute FaceTime, we all just decided to go to Hawaii together for three weeks. And 
So we had everything booked like flights. We found an affordable um, verb, like VRBO house, uh, a rental car, like so affordable, so easy to book. We were all able to just total strangers. We had that planned. So prior to me going on this road trip with my mom, I like called her up and said, mom, like, I actually think I'm going to stay in California and you can go home. And then I want to fly to Hawaii with strangers from TikTok. And that obviously was like an interesting conversation. Oh my gosh. And it was, yeah. So that was definitely the start. Having that kind of at the back of my mind was, was interesting. Starting this cross country journey. I was like, this, they're going to be two very different vibes in the summer, but like, let's just go for it. So my mom and I started driving. Um, and on that first day was the day we were like driving to Georgia. I think that was from Virginia. So that was our first leg of the trip and kind of did like the Southern like part of mm-hmm. the country. And, um, she, my mom is like so extraordinary, like finding the coolest, like lodging experiences. And she's like a huge adventure junkie, like I am. So it was like a totally aligned trip with us as well. Like we had all these things planned. Um, but so the first half of the trip, we were staying with friends along the way. And in the second half, we were sort of doing more of our own thing where we were staying in like the yurt in Marfa, Texas. We stayed in a casita in the base camp of Big Bend, actually in this like little town called Terlingua, which has 110 residents in the whole town. It was like 110 wow. degrees outside. It was definitely like very, like unlike anything I had seen before. Um, and then we, you know, we horseback rode in the desert. We like then went to Joshua Tree and we stayed under the stars. Like it was just the most amazing, amazing mother-daughter trip ever. And um, it was super, yeah, just, I don't even know how to like, sorry, I'm so just on, like not no, I feel like it's like right now, but there's, there's so much that happened. Like it truly was just like the most eye-opening experience on so many levels I think obviously to be doing it with my mom was just something I'll treasure forever but I'm sure that you know you probably feel this way too where it's like you once you kind of cross this this like threshold of being a young woman independent you're out of college you're out of the house um starting to realize that your parents aren't their lives aren't just like a function of their parenthood to you like to the fact that they had this whole past all these experiences they have their own passions their own dreams and getting to know your parent as not just that relationship but also as their own woman or their own man and I don't know if that's really making any sense but yeah. getting to know my mom in that way was like really like just amazing really like it was just beyond words so you should write a book that is like literally the storyline of I'm also like rereading um, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed for like the third time. So that's like why I have this my my mind of like just you should write a you know book about this journey. But also it doesn't surprise me that the yurt was in Marfa because that, <laughs> now it's like, now it's making sense. I have not, but um, my friend went and then my other two friends went and like the stories they've told were just like it it's the most unique place. Marfa's Ever. a trip. It is. It is something else. What? So did they have, did they say unique in like a cool way or in like a probably wouldn't do that again kind of way? Because I usually get, I get both when I ask people. Who- in like a very cool way. Just like that it's, it's very small. Everyone knows each other. Um, they, and like, I mean, the first thing that's coming to mind is like they went to a store and I hope like my voice isn't traveling and like found a towel that was like like cum towel and it just like had that embroidered in and it was like by like a 70 year old woman like just embroidered like a cum towel that sounds about right that sounds about right yep (laughs) but that's awesome and then so one of the things that I that you did which I loved and it's no surprise I tried to do it well I'll explain what I tried to do it after it's pretty embarrassing um but you and I, I'm not sure you'll have to tell me if this was like in the beginning of the road trip or in Hawaii where you asked strangers what their favorite song was and why. What's the story behind that? Yes. Okay. So um, the first day of our trip, we are driving to Georgia and um, yeah, I think I was starting to mention this and I got sidetracked, um, but yeah, I was, we were driving and I just had the idea. It just like kind of hit me. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know. It's been COVID, like I've been inside a lot. I haven't been interacting with a lot of people as much. Um, I love ever since I was little, I just 
like want to try I just like love talking to people and I love asking weird things and I've always been that way but um I just had this idea I was like why don't I just ask every single person that we have an exchange with a quite like for their favorite song or a song that is meaningful to them for some reason and why and the whole intent was not to have this just to be like the friends that we stay with but people that we interact with that we normally don't really talk to or really engage with um so I think the for after having that idea, the first stop was at the gas station, fill up our car, and I went to the bathroom, and I was super nervous. Um, and there, I was the only person in the gas station with just the you know gas station attendant employee, and I you know I brought up like my little sparkling water and like candy bar, and I was like, hi, you know, um, I have a really weird question. Like my voice probably went up like three octaves. I was like, I have a really weird question, like. Um, I was just wondering, like, what is your favorite song or a song that, like, means something to you? And, I mean, I kid you not, like, his whole expression changed. It was like he went from having kind of this, like, straight face, kind of going through the motions to, like, smiling. And he was like, oh, I have just this song. And he took out his phone. He put, like, put it on, like, YouTube, like, showed me. And and it was it was UB it was a UB40 song and when he said that like I didn't really know who that was and then I later heard the music I was like oh of course I know who that is but I was like oh like I don't know who that is and he goes do you like reggae music and I was like yeah like I mean I love Bob Marley you know <laughs> that's the only CD I have in my car is a Bob Marley CD which is true and he's like okay well you'll love them and I was like why do you love them and he's like well they just make me feel like really peaceful and give me a lot of like joy and it makes me think of when I was like young and in England and I was like oh that's so cool he's like you know what let's play it right now so he plugs his phone in and plays it in the entire gas station and all oh, of a sudden the two of us are just like jamming along we're like bobbing our heads like just the two of us like in the gas station to the song and like after that first moment I was like okay like I'm I'm sold on this idea this experience like let's just send it every time I talk to anyone I'm gonna ask and of course not all conversations went that way but it really proved to me something that I think a lot of us probably feel and think is just that people do seek meaningful connection and people do want to talk to one another but oftentimes there's just these barriers that stand in the way and um I think I don't know music is such a universal connector and I think it was sort of like the perfect question that was to break the ice and some of the things that I learned about people were just that were strangers were like totally amazing and our gifts. But the fact that then by the end of the trip, my mom and I had compiled a four and a half hour playlist of all these songs from all these people that we had met along the way and that we can pinpoint each song to the person who told us was just absolutely crazy. Like I remember even going as I scroll through now, I'm like, oh my God, I remember this person. Like I wonder what they're doing right now. And um, so that was sort of the initial process initial journey and I took a few clips along the way not like necessarily intending to like do anything with them but just like oh like maybe if I do I'll have them but it really there weren't many um because I just got so in involved in the conversations which is why the TikTok that I ultimately like threw together with no thought half of the clips were like up my nostrils like the most unflattering angles ever because I did not intend really to make a video um but I did and it was just crazy it, it just like blew up and some of the things that people were commenting just like really blew my mind like things like not only I want to do this on my next trip or um people were like I wonder like where those people are now like I wonder why it's your favorite song like people just really cared about yeah. like this idea of connecting and it just was super interesting to me um so then later when I went to Hawaii I did the same thing in Hawaii um which was also awesome, very different, but it was great. So that's amazing. And it's such a great idea. And you hit like so many nails on the head. Just, I think, I think, I mean, I even had that a question, but you answered it just in like, ultimately, like, humanity is so beautiful. And I think that there it is inherently good. And when things like that happen, and you know, you have that human connection with such a, with a stranger, it makes you realize that like, they're not really strangers. And it's, I'm not sure if you, you know, of like the strangers project or, um, subway therapy, 
uh, they're like very New York focused, but they were, it's just like a similar vibe where, I mean, they don't ask this favorite song, but they'll ask like, what's your story or, um, you know, a question and post and people put post-its and it just like gives you a glimpse into someone's life. And as you said, you'll listen to those songs and forever remember whom you spoke with and the conversation you had. And it, that's just Absolutely. amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and I think you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. I definitely need to go listen to those because those sound awesome. But I mean, I think all these iterations of similar thing, you know, Humans of New York, for instance, is a prime example. Mm -hmm. Like, I think not only do people seek connection, you know, in their own lives, but also, well, there's connection with strangers, with everyday people, random people. There's also the next layer is like, what is more meaningful connection look like with your own loved ones? Um, and how, how do, you know, sometimes, especially with people in our everyday lives, like even our close friends or family, like, we don't really, we kind of feel like we know them. But I do think there's always more to learn about a person, even the people we think we know the best, yeah. i.e. my mother going on this trip with her. And so I think that's another aspect. And then I think kind of a third would be just the power of storytelling in general. And the fact that be it someone who watched a video about some random girl making a playlist or reading a book or seeing a post of a guy interviewing people in New York, the idea that stories can be so compelling to others, even when it doesn't necessarily directly involve them is really something I think that's powerful as well. And I think that's why storytelling can be such a force for good and actually action, which is why I think using that, going connecting back to sustainability is so important. I think telling stories about how the climate, how climate change is impacting real people and real places around the world is so important. And that's, you know, via visual or post or audio or whatever it is. I mean, I think that's also a really, really important thing and really powerful thing as well. hundred percent. So my next question for you is what is your favorite song or what is a song that has meaning to you? Oh my god! How did I not anticipate that question? Um, I I don't know how I didn't think about asking until just now. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, it's really hard because, like, of course, like I literally sound like every single person that I asked to. It's hard to pick just one. Um, I th so I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick two. The first um would be God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. That song I think is just. I don't know. It just makes me feel really happy. And I think it makes me think of some people in my life that I love so much. Um, love that. And then the other one is What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Oh, chills. Um, and actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to do one more. Just one more. Oh, top three. This is the, the, the A team. The third one I'm going to say is A Day in the Life by the Beatles. Um, that, this one is actually funny because that is the only one that I put on the actual playlist. And I remember on like the road trip playlist, I just was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm just gonna put one of my own on there just to infuse a little bit of me. And I remember seeing this comment in, in the TikTok video. Someone was like, damn, like whoever put a day in the life by the Beatles is depressed as fuck. I was like, what the? <laughs> I was and I responded, I was like, hey, like that was me. I just think it's a really beautiful song. You know, life has its ups and downs. <laughs> I was like, of course, that would be the comment that I would get. That's so funny. I would be the same. I would be the person that did like Tears of Heaven, and then someone would be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> what would yours be? What would your top three be? Yeah, I'd definitely have to do a top three. I think um, Tiny Dancer would be one, just because I've always like loved that song, and it's always just given me feels. Um, Dancing Queen, because it like reminds me of different points in my life where I've just like had a great like uh, experience associated with that song oh my gosh that's so hard um I actually I feel like I answered this the other day oh gosh oh you know another question I'd like to ask too kind of leading off to this as you think about that one too but like is there a song or an artist or a band that makes that reminds you of your family for whatever reason that would probably be Dancing Queen, which sounds weird. But yeah, but I once sang that carrot. Um, I sang, I said when I was 17, my mom, sister, and I sang that at a karaoke bar on a cruise. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I have it, and I and of course it's like we were seven. I was seventeen, and it's also from Mama Mia. So Greece, I would have like, to see this. You would have to show me this later because that sounds amazing. Lenny and I were like fully decked out in in like a Saint Andrews formal dinner attire kind of a thing, except like definitely would have gotten in trouble because of the dresses were too short. <laughs> it was hilarious. But I love how your mom got in on the action. Oh, of course, she was the first one up. She was um, Donna. She took on the persona. She was like, I'm here. Exactly. We were like the little, I forget, the Donna and the Dynamos, like, except that Lenny was like 15. Oh, a third one. I think those would probably just be my top two. And I'd, and the third would just be like a whole list of artists I love. But um, yeah, I need to start incorporating that question in more episodes because it's such a good one. It's or there's really like fun and, yeah. soundtrack of your life I've asked before. Oh and... yeah, that's a really good one as well. That's a really good one as well. I mean, um, I asked this one girl in Hawaii, and one of the most interesting answers she was she gave me this song, and she was like, "This song explains like my life. It encapsulates my life." And she was like the most bubbly, like sweet kind, like just so like cute and told me this song I was like okay I've never heard this band like whatever and I drove home and I was listening to it it was there were no words to this song it was like a 10 minute kind of like metal like it was so unexpected but it was so surprising the fact that she felt like this like instrumental metal situation like um like like captured her life like I just thought that was really interesting like super cool yeah I never would have thought about you know um yeah Yeah, and you're like well that it people continue to surprise you yeah totally totally um and today i actually got an like crazy notification um i posted on my instagram story i don't know if you saw it but basically like i opened tiktok this morning and um i was tagged by nbc olympics the tiktok account and i clicked on it and they recreated the, the concept with like olympians oh my gosh no they did yes yes it was like there were these people with like huge medals on their necks and like well, yeah they're olympians that makes sense but like they're, they're, they're like asking me what's your song and they tagged me i was like oh idea whatever and i was like what like i got shivers like this is crazy like that the fact too that people now can like go listen to a playlist and maybe like one of those people is, is their like idol and they can feel like a little more connected to that person via like knowing that like, their favorite song i was like that's so cool like that's just awesome so we now know Simone Biles' favorite song because of you, essentially. Hey, she wasn't on there, sadly, but there were some other True. there were some other people on there. It was like, hey, there's Katie Ledecky. Like there was like some cool, yeah, I don't know. It was that is there was this guy. So cool. I didn't know who it was. I should probably look who, who he is, but he was like, he said that his favorite song was Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. And it's this like 30-year-old, like Olympic tall man. He's like, Yeah, I've listened to Deja Vu yeah Yeah, they definitely have their pump up songs oh my god that's so cool i have to look it up now so i always wrap up with a couple of questions somewhat related but somewhat unrelated to the conversation um i'm now i must have to incorporate this this song question because it's so good but the first question is what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today oh wow um I think for total vulnerability and transparency sake, it definitely would be having an eating disorder at the end of high school. Um, I think without a doubt was like one of the hardest things I've gone through, not just because of, of course, what happened and how it impacted my friends and family, but how it kind of continued after like all the stuff that continues with that recovery process, like guilt, shame, fear, self-loathing, like all those things. And I think getting through that and being able to kind of emerge in more of a space of self-love and forgiveness um, is something that I feel like is strength. And I feel like that is something I'm for to have gone through and has made me a stronger person. I mean, a hundred percent. I can. Yeah so relate to that and it's true it's like everything that happens after and like 
I mean, it's like one of those things of like, even is there an after? Because it's something that's like, unfortunately, always there. But totally just like the immediacy of and as you said, just like the the guilt and the shame and and everything. But I mean, at least for me, when I think back to mine, I'm like the fact that I battled this, the, the worst part of it before a global pandemic hit, like mm, yeah. I think if I I feel for everyone, you know, struggle who was struggling during the pandemic just because you were it, like being forced to sit with all of that so true would have been oh my goodness miserable and just so impossible like I don't know how I would have I didn't even myself. think about that but that is so true that is so oh my goodness like, because part of yeah. part of that like kind of one of the helps you know of getting over it in addition to time is is um I don't think distraction would be the right word but like realizing there's a life after which you know a lot of times that comes with like new adventure new people new experiences Mm -hmm. so being stuck in this like this realm of like sameness definitely would be so I mean a whole other challenge I hadn't even considered that but that's such a yeah and all the things being like thrown in the news whether it be like in the beginning when it's like stock up on all the food or you know all the influencers being like don't want to put on the quarantine oh 15. like god. i mean i'm like please for the god love of god like there can't be a delta variant version of that because that was horrible <laughs> yeah right because then too oh my god yeah and people were like the the whole like home workout home like the like that whole space was just i mean it's always toxic so saturated like, especially saturated and then we were all on our phones 25 times more than prior so yeah. Wow. I mean, my heart definitely goes out to people who, um, had to, and, you know, deal are dealing with that now. I, I think the, the good thing, you know, about it is like even small steps, putting in a little bit of work, like you do emerge, like you, even if it's not an entirely, like you're back, you're how you were before it happened. Like you do emerge and you're stronger for it. Um, at least, you know, I, I believe that. So absolutely do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by (laughs) I do um and it's I must say it's because it's because it's it's memorable (laughs) it's short to the point um it's it's to travel is to live by Hans Hans Christian Andersen and of course like it does sound silly because it's just so short but I really just love that I just believe it so truly like just the idea of like travel being this like transformative experience um and something that like I think it's just such a breeder for compassion and empathy Mm -hmm. and connection and so I I like that one I must say it's just because it's memorable but I also say I can't list any like without paraphrasing it but like pretty much anything that comes out of Renee Brown's mouth oh my gosh um, is a quote that I love and live by um she's she's awesome so she and Glennon Doyle I could just get their like anything written by them tattooed to my body forever and just have untamed <laughs> would be like yeah that book oh my goodness do you listen to the podcast no I need to start though I don't know oh I don't I don't listen to hers or Glenn Doyle's I really need to up my game I've been watching like Bravo <laughs> no no it's okay it's okay I've been watching like Bachelor like episodes like it's terrible but like totally like slow slowly but surely like listen to a little bit because Brene's podcast like got me through quarantine like it was just so incredible um yeah so definitely definitely listen to that amazing definitely noting that down she's awesome next question is what do you love most about yourself Hmm. I I love how much I feel. And I think the thing about that is it really feels like the flip side, like two sides of a coin, because Mm -hmm. I would also say it's what I struggle with the most is that like, I feel so deeply and like, I'm like so curious about people. And I just want to like, like connect with people so bad. And like, I really just am kind of a very like feeling person in that empath. Yeah. But um and sometimes that 
that's really hard. And I think that's kind of connecting to the whole like eco-anxiety when I have like my existential crisis every day when my mom gives me like a book for Christmas literally titled When You Feel Too Much. But I do think that on the flip side and something that I'm like really trying to own more is that like it is one of, it is something I love about myself. It is like a beautiful part about myself and I wouldn't change it. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it at all. So yeah. Yeah. That, that's an incredible quality and it's, you know, why you are going to make so much like of a change in the world. Thank you. I know that, I know that you're asking questions, but can, I'm curious about yours though, what you would say about like what you love most about yourself. Oof. Um, I think in a similar way, like my curiosity, I think it's gotten me a lot of places and just my curiosity to like learn about people and speak with people. I think that's what I love both about myself and like what I've done with the podcast is just, it's an excuse to have, you know, hour long conversations with people. And I think, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, you know, when I, I remember talking about with this with, uh, when I was on a hike with someone because I was like, what, when else aside from like literally hiking without earphones or speaking on a podcast, do you, you know, speak with someone about something that is goes below surface level for an hour? Like never, because people don't do that anymore. And I just love learning about people and talking to people. So I think like that curiosity combined with, I think I'm an empathetic person is, absolutely the um yeah like what I love most about myself but do you do you think that you've like you've changed throughout the course of having your podcast in any way or like anything's like grown or developed or like any unforeseen things that have happened like after you know after having this experience or doing this I think so I think especially when it comes I mean I think I was always somewhat of a vulnerable person but only when it came to things that I was comfortable talking about like you know what I mean totally totally there are like three things I'd be like I have anxiety I get sad sometimes and like like but I'm very open and then but I wouldn't really talk about like anything else and so the the moment I remember when I like opened up my, my eating disorder for the first time um January of 2020 was when I was interviewing Ramsey and I not only like I'd never told a single person outside of my immediate family like not even my friends from college yeah like not even my best friends like I had never told anyone and all of a sudden I told however many people listened to that episode like just and I was like just dove straight in and I think once I did that I just was like fuck it why am I and because I got so many people reaching out to me being like thank you for saying that like I'm struggling too you know and and so I think once I I kind of like broke the seal so to speak of talking about things that I once was so ashamed of I now like give zero fucks about doing it I'm like I don't really care if this makes someone uncomfortable I mean I care if it makes someone uncomfortable in like a triggering way but if you know someone's thinking I'm like doing it for some inauthentic reason or something like I don't care about that that's like a projection and then it just made me a lot more comfortable with my insecurities if that makes sense totally no Zoe that's like super that's very inspiring I mean I think like what you were saying too about kind of the beginning where it's it's almost like a controlled vulnerability Mm -hmm. especially with people who can like talk quote unquote, like, well, like if you're someone who kind of can intellectualize these things that you're like, that you've experienced or feeling like pretty well, and like, you've always been able to do that. It's super easy to like, and maybe I'm just like projecting about like my own experiences, but like speaking about stuff in a way that sounds like you're being vulnerable, but without actually going there. So like you hearing about you, like crossing into this like threshold where you're like, fuck it. Like I, you know, I have nothing, there's nothing really to lose. Like there's only anything to gain, even though it feels scary. Like that is, that's my, my next kind of goal. So like this, I feel like very inspired by everything you said, because I think it's, it's so true. Like there's of course, like just these different markers where it's like, okay, like 
talking about this now now you're talking about this now you're talking about this but like when can you just in all aspects be like this is real this is me like quote Hannah Montana you know like like just really fully bear bear all you know absolutely especially I mean in this like world of you know influencers and content creators like I feel like a lot of people I I was actually it was from I'm going on a complete tangent but I was going on um or listening to a the one of the episodes of the daily that was like a specific episode and it was talking about the how people like um you know Kylie Jenner and Addison Rae and like people who have a huge influence are trying to like connect more with their audiences by being vulnerable and being like, I have bad skin, you know? And like, just like some like little things where it's kind of, again, that control vulnerability, which is kind of good, but it also is, it's a little inauthentic because it's a way to market, you know, a skincare line or a X, Y, Z. And so that's where it becomes hard because it's like, I, I hope that, people and I I have faith that people have the are able to discern what is you know just someone being truly like letting all their whole guard down versus even if it's there's some truth in it it it's you know for the an ROI I think totally totally no I mean that's such a good point and I think it's like not that isn't that doesn't isn't to say that you know everyone needs to constantly just bear all like it's yeah and even controlled and, and not to express any judgment of what someone chooses to be vulnerable about because maybe like I never know maybe like Kendall Jenner really did have severe anxiety about her acne like sure maybe that didn't maybe mm-hmm. that was her truth like and if so like that's power to you sister but like you're when it gets a little bit more like like you're saying murky is when it's connected to this whole sales aspect and that is like part of the beast of social media in so many ways and what also is uncomfortable being a part of that in a lot of ways too where it's like yeah like is is everything you know I don't know the whole selling aspect and and kind of trying when when these big influencers try to like yeah use vulnerability as a marketing tool just kind of irksome but yeah 100 percent well, my last question before we wrap up is how do you find solace in the city? And city can be DC, it can be wherever. Um, I would say it's probably a few things, but most important of anything is quality time with people. Um, quality time is like my number one love language. And um, I think... I really do seek like meaningful relationships in my life. And I'm so grateful to say like the people in my life, I just like absolutely love. And I'm so grateful for the friends that I have. I'm constantly inspired by my family is like just my heart and spending time with those people like is rejuvenating, you know? So that is when all like, you know, when shit hits a fan, when I feel stressed out, like just spending time with some of my friends and family is just, just like really how I find a lot of solace. In addition to getting, chasing green and blue, getting outside, um, walking barefoot in the grass, like what, you know, I just like going on hikes, like just kind of simple things I've like really realized are the things that, that give me the most solace and that, oftentimes it's nothing that you can buy like it's not a program it's not like some crazy $300 meditation package like it's just like the simple things in your life can is I don't know at least that's how I feel so absolutely well Delilah where can everyone follow you on Instagram on TikTok plug everything where can they ask you questions about like life sustainable living etc traveling oh my god of course so my tiktok is delilah d-e-l-i-l-a-h underscore isabel um and so please come say hi over there my instagram is also linked the one the instagram that, that's linked is my like nerd sustainability account like literally like my mom and her friends are the only ones who follow it but like also please come say hi over there and that one is 
the underscore eco list, like L-Y-S-T, like stylist. Um, so both of those places, like just send me a message if you have any questions ever about anything sustainability, travel life, or just want to like make a friend, pen pal, I'm down for all of it. So <laughs> definitely reach out. Yeah. Love that. Well, thank you again and bye everyone. Thanks, Zoe. Thank you.